planning on not, and then, uh, and then I thought, you know what, Becky's sister, family, maybe I should, you know, get in good with the family. So there you go. Uh, every day or the exceptional, thanks, Sarah Hayes. Um, our, uh, the, the main thought for uh, that whole, this whole series is this, a daily walk with God sets us up for exceptional moments. And it's, as, it's just really as simple as that. How many like the exceptional moments, right? How many like the, just the, the times of breakthrough, the times where Holy Ghost comes down and we have like all the hairs in our body stand up or, 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 you're, you, or when you pray and God like answers it the way you wanted him to, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like we love the exceptional moments. And, uh, but as I've been meditating and praying and, and mulling over scripture, I, I started to realize, you know, it's the daily stuff that lead to the exceptional moments. It's, it's what, it, you know, I, I heard someone say, not every day is Christmas and not every day is your birthday, right? There's a lot of days that lead up to those exceptional moments. And, and so, um, so as we continue on in this series, I just want us to keep that in mind. Matthew 6 one, and, and Luke 9 are kind of our um, two anchor verses for these four weeks. Matthew 6 says, give us this day our daily bread. This day you can't borrow from tomorrow. You can't store up from yesterday. It's today. This day, our daily bread. In Luke 9, he says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Week 1, we talked about the secret of simplicity. That really, all of the spiritual disciplines, and we talk about spiritual disciplines, it's those things that, that, that we do daily, weekly, regular basis that grow us in our walk with God. And how many like the word discipline, right? Like, you know, like me, I talked about leg day, you know? And, and when you're wor- working out, right? Leg day, anybody? Okay, well, I, I, I work out. Can you tell? No? And... But, so we talked about the secret of simplicity and, and how our spiritual disciplines, uh, they lay on top of a foundation of, of just love, of, of our relationship with God, that we do these disciplines to, to grow in our relationship with Him, that we love Him and He loves us. And so the secret of simplicity. Week two, last week, we talked about, the title was More Than Words. And we talked about the Word of God. Someone said, what are you going to preach on this week? I said, the Bible. And they said, really, what are you going to preach on this week? And I said, the Bible. And that, that's what we preached on last week was the Bible. More than words. The, the thought was this. Daily time with the Word of God sets me up for exceptional moments. Why? Because the Word of God isn't a book. It's a person. Isn't that a, isn't that a big deal? I, I bet you didn't know that, right? That the word, like, you're, read your Bible, pray every day. Like, it's actually, like, it's a person. And, and we get to spend time with him. It's not just a textbook. And we found that out last week. Today, the title of the message is this, Talk Daily. Talk Daily. There was a, uh, a minister that, that I know uh, relatively well, and uh, he was preaching at a pastor's conference that we were at. And he, he said this. He was giving us, all of us pastors, some uh, some foods for thought uh, for um, our marriages, to make our marriages healthy. How many know that's a good idea, you know, to have a, a healthy marriage? And so you want to know what he told me? I'll give you four things, but this is what he told me. And, and you may think this is a little off topic, but it's right on topic. Four things for a healthy marriage. He says this. He says, talk daily, pray nightly, date weekly, and vacation periodically. How about that? Would any, any, any wives or women or people that want to be married someday or you were married and you're like, hey, that's great advice. I wish I had that. Like anybody, uh, would, would any women in this place say, yep, that would do it? In fact, maybe all together now. Yep, that would do it. <laughs> right. Like talk daily. Man, if I got that one down, just that one, you know what I'm saying? My marriage would just go to a whole nother level. Talk daily. Pray nightly. It's not complicated. It's just like, you know, even if it was five minutes, even if it was like, oh, I'm so tired, Lord bless her, Jesus, you know? <laughs> you know, whatever it is, you know? Uh, talk daily, pray nightly, date weekly. Man, I know it's hard, and, and, we, and man, we miss it and all this stuff, but how many know that, that man, that would take our marriage to a whole nother level? Just the time, just the time spent, one-on-one without the kids, you know? Uh, and vacation periodically. That's my favorite one. I do that one, definitely. Vacation periodically. And I was thinking about this concept. Talk daily. 
Like really all four of these things, man, it could translate to our walk with God, couldn't it? Like what if we talked daily with him? What if we prayed? What if we uh, dated weekly? (laughs) Have you ever thought about dating Jesus? All the women in the room are like, that's a great idea. Talk daily. Date weekly. I'm thinking about maybe this has more to do with quality time spent with him than, than just a list that we check off. Than just, than just, you know, I got my Christian duty in this week. I, I made it to church and I checked off my three passages I was supposed to read and, uh, and I called my accountability partner. So we're good, you know. And, and man, I, I just, I know, you know, that... It, I told you guys, I think last week, I, I worked with a guy when I, was, when I was 20 years old, and he knew the Bible better than me, and he didn't know Jesus. You know? How many know that there's, there's people that have spiritual disciplines, and, and yet they're forgetting, like, Jesus is like, hello, I'm right here. <laughs> like, let's, uh, let's have a relationship. And so talk daily, this whole idea of the spiritual discipline of prayer, it's got to be laid on the relationship with Jesus. It's really just talking. And, and, and I want us to talk a little bit about prayer today. And man, it's, how many know the topic of prayer is deep and wide? I mean, we could, we, could spend, we could spend like a whole year on the topic of prayer. And I'm going to scratch the surface and some of you are going to think, think, you know, thank God that he only scratched the surface today. And others of you are going to be like, I wish he would have preached longer. But so we're going we're gonna to just hit one aspect today. And the main thought for today is this. Daily time in prayer sets me up for exceptional moments because God hears me and responds to me. Daily time in prayer sets me up for exceptional moments because God hears me and responds to me. It's simple. James 5, verse 16 through 18 says this, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So there's this whole idea that, and we see this all throughout Scripture, that there's times when people pray and God answers. And we're like, well, so what's, what's the ingredient there? Like, how do, how do I know, how does my prayer work? How do I get it? Like, sometimes, you ever feel like you pray and it just like bounces off the ceiling and you're like, well, I hope that worked, God. And, and, uh, and so that's kind of where we're going today. So what is prayer? Man, maybe this sounds like a little bit of a Sunday school lesson, but, but just so we're all on the same page, you know what prayer is? It's just talking. It's just talking. It's just, it's just, I mean, can I just like boil it all down and take all the like, you know, the, theology and the seminary degrees and all this stuff out of the way and just say prayer at the end of the day? It's just talking. It's just you talking to him and him talking back. It's communication. Uh, you know, uh, and then this is what I found with any healthy relationship, communication's the key. You want anything in your relationship with, with your spouse or with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your kids or your boss or, or you, you know, those, the people of influence around you or, or those that you care about. You want those relationships to go to another level. I guarantee you communication is a big deal. The same thing in your relationship with God. Communication is a key. The, that two-way street. It's not just me bringing my list. Oh, that's part of it. It's also him talking back. It's me bringing my list and praying and then waiting for the response. Communication is a big deal. It often involves talking. I I know that it's funny because, and someone smiled. Thanks, Pam. Uh, Prayer often involves talking. I've been in you know, different types of prayer circles or prayer times, prayer meetings, and, and we'll go around the room and someone will say, I've got a silent request. You know? And, and, and there's, it's validity. I'm not like poking fun, but, but watch this. Like, at some point, it requires you to open up your mouth. 
you know. Maybe there's a level of vulnerability that you're not uh, comfortable with there in that group. But it's, whether it, maybe it's in the car ride home, maybe it's in your bathroom, maybe it's in the shower. At some point, it requires you to open your mouth and say something to him. And, and it's a big deal. And I believe that, it, that it's, it's twofold. One, um, you get to hear what you just said. The other thing is he gets to hear. Actually, it's threefold. And, and then the enemy gets to hear. And I'm just like, you know, the enemy doesn't, can't, can't read minds. And when I pray, it absolutely serves the enemy notice. Absolutely. When I pray, uh, it, not, not that it, the Bible says that the Lord knows my heart and he knows the words before, but it's like, it's like he, he, he all of a sudden knows, wait a minute, this is about relationship. Jonathan loves me. He loves me enough to even tell me what I already know, right? And so there's this whole deal that opens up when you actually open up your mouth and talk. It's called communication. I, um, I've had some different times of, of breakthrough in prayer. Sometimes where, you know, this whole idea of where God responds when we pray. And there's been some moments that I remember. I remember when I was a little kid, and maybe some of you heard this story. I remember uh, um, my dad was mowing the lawn, and it stopped. Have you, have you ever had that happen where you're like almost through, and there's like a strip, right? And you're, you run out of gas, or the lawnmower breaks, and you don't have Pastor Greg on speed dial, right? <laughs> And, uh, and you're just, you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And well, it was one of those moments. And Arizona is hot. You think this is hot. I mean, it, we would regularly have like the 115 degree days. I, I was in Arizona when it, when it hit 122. And you could like, you know, cook eggs on the sidewalk, you know. And, I mean, and they had shirts that they made. I survived 122 degrees. You know, like I... So I remember, I remember the hot days in Arizona. And so he, so he, he was mowing, and, and, and there was like a strip or two left. And, and he's like, ah, you know, and well, all, the, all the Christian cuss words that you can come up with, like gosh and darn it and everything was coming out. Anyways, and, and so, he, so he, was, he, really, he was really frustrated. Well, I'm like, I don't know, I'm five maybe. And I'm like, well, Dad, did you pray about it? And, you know, you get that, that glare. He's a pastor. My dad's a pastor, you know. I was like... You know, and then, then the five-year-old, like, holds him accountable. <laughs> Dad, did you pray about it? And he's like, no. He's like, he's like you pray, <laughs> you know. I don't know if he was, like, in his heart thinking, you know, well, let the little children come unto me. Children are, are powerful prayer warriors. Or if he was just like, if you think it's important, you do it. You know, I don't know, I don't know which way it was. And he's not here to defend himself. So, and so I did. I went over, laid my hands on the lawnmower. <laughs> And it ran, and he finished the lawn, man. I was five years old. Come on, that, that little guy's, like, faith went through the roof. It was awesome. And you think, that, you think that's funny, and you're just like, you know, or you think that's annoying or whatever. I heard a story recently of someone praying for a dead squirrel to come back to life, and I didn't do that. So, so you know, hold on. Hold on to your britches there. I prayed, um, I prayed when I was a teenager, uh, on even more of a serious note, I remember praying for my grandma's ankle. And uh, she had huge, like, like stepped over, a, you know, like a, I don't know what it was, like, like when you step up onto a, a, just a step, and she missed it, and just totally fell, and her ankle was, uh, the doctor said it was pretty much destroyed, that she'd never walked the same way ever again, it was, and uh, how many know when, when doctors say that, you're like, well, I'm going to get a second opinion, Jesus, <laughs> never again, you know? <laughs> And so I was like, I must have been like 16 or something. And uh, I'm like, well, Grandma, can I pray for it? And, you know, hands on it. And she goes, it, it wasn't one of those instant ones. But within, within, I don't know, it was like a week or two, she went back. And the doctor's like, I don't know what to say. Like, like you're as good as new. And so it, that, this, this guy's teenage faith was like going through the roof again. I'm like, man, prayer works. Like God responded when I, when I prayed. Um, I mean, I've prayed for, fi- anyone prayed for financial breakthrough and had like checks show up in the mail or like, like you're, uh, it, growing up in a pastor's family, there was, there was often times where, um, you know, that it, and, and my parents were planning that church, that there was sometimes lack of finances available. The budget was tight, right? You know, and I remember times where the budget was incredibly tight that, that we didn't know exactly what we were going to eat, you know, that day. And I remember one time coming home, and it was just so cool as a little kid to see that, that someone had broken into our home. Oh, hold on, hold on. The, the, the story goes on. And 
filled our cupboards with food and our refrigerator with food and there was like there was like the cereal that we weren't allowed to eat you know was there (laughs) I'm like I'm like thank you Jesus for breakthrough financially man God answers prayer sometimes it's a little bit less dramatic how many know that there's the there's the the less dramatic answers to prayer like um like my heart's racing and I'm sensing fear and anxiety and I just say Lord I just need your peace and it comes. It actually comes. Any of you ever had that? Where it actually, you're like, oh my goodness. Like I actually, you know, Lord, I'm, I just, I, I don't know. I'm feeling distant and I just need you close. And you can't explain it. You don't know how, but you just know. Like he's right there. Like he responded when you prayed. And, and that's where I want to hang out a little bit today. As I, as I start here, I want to give you a little bit of practical ideas, and then we're going to dive into what I, what I believe are um, kind of how the exceptional moments are set up. But I want to give you just some practicals, because I don't know where everybody's at as far as uh, your prayer life, and this may take some of your prayer life to another level. First of all, often I, I bring a journal into my prayer time, and the reason is, is because uh, for a couple different things. One is, sometimes I actually write out my prayer. And it's interesting, I write, I've, I've written out prayers, and it, it might only be like a paragraph, it might not be you know, very long, but I write them out and I date it, and I've come back to them like a year later, a couple years later, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, look at how God came through, and I had record of it. And so it's just kind of a, it's kind of a cool deal of being able to even just journal your prayers. Um, there's one thing that I do every once in a while, and I've done it in, in some of our classes that we teach here on hearing the voice of God, um, but there's something that I call two-way journaling. And it's where I'll write down my prayer to God and then I'll put my pen down and I'll listen to see what his response is. And, and we're, you know, this message I can't go deep on um, for just for sake of time on how to hear the voice of God and, and all of these things. And there's all kinds of great tools and ways to hear God's voice. Sometimes it's through you know, um, his word, his spoken word, or sometimes it's through like a, you know, an image or a, or a vision, or maybe he speaks audibly to somebody and, or whatever it might. But there's all kinds of these different ways and you collect this. Inf- and so I might sit there and have a sense in my spirit that God's answering back and then I'll, I'll have the, my prayer on the top part of the journal and then I'll start writing what I had sensed God's response was. It's just a really cool deal. So sometimes taking a journal into your prayer time, um, uh, this, may sound, this may just sound so simple, but here, here's an aspect, or just a practical aspect of prayer. Listen. Listen. Sometimes we just, we're just, anybody, anybody a motor mouth? You know, I've heard there's two, two types of people in this world, right? There's those that, that talk when they have something to say and those that talk until they have something to say, right? I'm usually that one. <laughs> That's like, like half my sermons. I'm like, like, you know, finally get to it. And it's sometimes it's that way in our, in our time of prayer where we just talk, 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 talk. And the Lord's like, I'd like to say something. And so I would just encourage you to just stop and part of your prayer time, just listen. Even put, even put a time frame on it. You know, I've, I've got 10 minutes today. I'm going to pray for three and listen for eight or, you know, whatever. It, or is that, does that sound seven? My wife's the accountant. Um, just practically speaking, I, I often look at like the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And the disciples were wondering some of the same questions that you and I have about prayer. And Lord, in fact, they said this. I think they said it in Luke, but the two accounts are the one that's most famous is in Matthew. But the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so then, then Jesus whips out the famous Lord's Prayer. I don't even know that, you know, at that time he was just teaching his disciples. And now we've like, you know, made it this this tradition and all that. But there are some great principles that, that Jesus laid out there. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's like, start off your prayer by just telling God how good he is. By getting your mind off your stuff and, your, and, and putting your, your mind on, on the things of, of heaven and the things of God. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's this idea that, that Lord, just as it is in heaven, I want it to be done here in my family, in my child, in my body, in this room. Lord, your kingdom, your kingdom, the king's domain. Lord, the way you rule, the way you reign, the way you operate, your government. Lord, I just come into agreement with that, that that would happen in this place, in my home, in my workplace, in my office. Right? You know what I'm saying? And so Jesus was, he's like, you want to know how to pray? 
you know, first like tell God how good he is and then invite every, his will and his reign and everything that he's about into that situation. And you haven't even gotten to your list yet. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Remember, we've been talking about that. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And, you know, you start to see the, some things like break down our communication with God because of unforgiveness and bitterness. And, and you go on. So Matthew 6, man, that's a great place if you're just wanting a starting place. Man, I don't know if I have a, have a really good routine or a great prayer life. Can I just encourage you to take some time in Matthew 6? That'll help you out a lot. There's two questions that I ask a lot when I'm in my prayer time that just help zero it all down. You know, especially just a great starting place if you're just wanting to um, you know, really practice this whole idea of, of really hearing the voice of God because this requires you to put your pen down and listen. Here's the two questions, and if you want, you can take notes. It says this. First question is, um, Lord, what do you want me to know about you? And it gives... God an opportunity to tell you what he wants you to know about him, how great he is, how awesome he is. How many know that we just go, out, go throughout life and we get some really weird ideas of, of who God is and what he's about, you know, and we think he's the, this God with a big bat wanting to pounce on us. And he's like, actually, I'm in a good mood today and I wanted to tell you about it. And so, the, so that first question, Lord, what do you want me to know about you? And the second question is, is similar, but a little bit different is, Lord, what do you want me to know about me? And so often I'll go into my prayer time and put aside my list and all those things and I'll just say, Lord, what do you want me to know about you? And I'll listen and I'll write. And then, Lord, what do you want me to know about me? And it's amazing when you ask him, he actually has some really cool things to say about you. And then just, you know, another practical idea. One is um, do, it, do it by yourself. Get alone. There's good times where we can have prayer meetings and circles and all this. But when we're talking about our spiritual walk, it's a really good idea to like, like find an alone spot. Maybe that's in your car. Maybe it's in your shower. My wife thinks I take way too long showers. What she doesn't know is that's where my prayer time is, right? No, uh, kind of. And but get alone someplace, you know? Come out to the church in the sanctuary or, or close yourself off in your bedroom. Or if you absolutely can't get away from people, get some noise-counseling earbuds and put them in and turn the music up or something like that and then just, just pray or whatever it might be. I did that one time. I was sitting in the parking lot at the Egg and I, and I was actually, I was waiting for a meeting, and I, was, and I put my earbuds in, and I was praying, and uh, someone took a picture of me and posted it on Facebook, and and they thought I was sleeping instead of praying. I was like, oh, no, I was praying. They're like, no, I, no you, were, you were sleeping. So just be careful. Be careful where you do it, maybe. <laughs> so, um, and maybe one last, one last little just practical for you guys. You guys all right with, with practical stuff? And then, and then we'll get to, like, to the revelation, right? The, another practical thing is, is, is it actually um, requires time. Actually, just, you know, this, this whole deal of our walk with God, spiritual disciplines is like, is, I mean, every once in a while you can do it real fast, but set some time. And maybe a good starting place for you is like 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Um, and, and you'll start to see that, you know, man, you, you carve that time out. And, you really, and you'll, well, I'll guarantee you this, and, and you can come up and tell me sometime. But I guarantee you that you'll set that time, you'll set 10 minutes aside or 15 minutes, and you're going to start eventually starting to find that it's too little time. And the reason is, and it's not a legalistic thing or anything, you want to know why? It's because you're going to start to find your heart growing closer to God. And it's about this relationship. And um, man, if I, if I like was legalistic about my time with my wife, I'm like, you said 15 minutes, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? You know, like, like, like date night. Date night is from 6 to 7, Becky. <laughs> that doesn't, you know, you know? And it's, a lot of these things translate over to our walk with God where, you know, a starting place. If you haven't been having a prayer time or you struggle, it's real spotty, man, find a starting place. Find like, carve out 10 minutes, carve out 15. But know this, is that it's just a starting place. You know, sometimes it's going to be less and sometimes it's going to be more. I asked my Uncle Rick this one time because he was, he was leading a night and day prayer and worship center. And, and, uh, and so I just figured that he had a, the corner market on prayer. I said, so Rick, um, like how long, how long would you recommend me pray for? Like how long? Is there a, like, a, like I don't know, how long do you pray? Is it like eight hours a day? You know, is it like, like how, how much? You know, what, what would you say? And, and he's like, Jonathan, honestly, I just pray until there's breakthrough. Sometimes it's 
five minutes and sometimes it's an hour, you know, and, and sometimes breakthrough is like this high octane thing that you can feel and sometimes you just like, you know, you just kind of sense it or know it. And, but he's like, it's like, it's not the, what, what he was saying to me was, Jonathan, it's not an amount of time, it's a quality of time. And so my prayer for you and for me is that we maybe, if you have to have a starting place of time, then go for it. But maybe move past that into, I want to have the most quality time I can with God. And that's where we're heading in this idea of prayer. Does that make sense? Is that okay with everybody? All right. All right. Hey, here's the, here's the thought. I got, I got three points I want to I shoot at you, and we've got some time. So uh, exceptional moments in prayer happen dot, dot, dot. And I'm going to give you three things. Um, the first one is out of relationship. Exceptional moments in prayer happen out of relationship. And, um, and actually, I want to show you a video really quick. Yeah, yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think he might have missed it. I think he might have missed it. it. So prayer comes out of relationship with Jesus. Uh, uh, in fact, this is what I, what's what I find. Daily prayer cultivates intimacy with God. And we see this in John 15. And I'll read, I'll read it with you, and you can, you can read along on the screen. It says Jesus is talking to his best friends, talking to his disciples, and he says this, Abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do how many things? Nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So, and, I, and there's this whole abiding chapter. It's a classic chapter that on, on intimacy with the Lord. And I started, I look at this, I'm like, wow, this is really where it all comes back to. It's, it's I abide in him and, and he abides in me. In fact, it's so serious here. There's a couple things about this. First of all, this is right before Jesus um, gets arrested and, and goes uh, and, and then is beaten and, and flogged and then sent to Calvary or to the cross. This was, it's, it's almost like the last dying words of Jesus. If he was on his deathbed and his best friends and his closest you know, you know, family was around him and he were to say, after everything, this is the last thing I want you to know. I mean, he, how many know Jesus was a good preacher? 
right? How many know that he did some incredible miracles? You know, walked on water, water to wine, all of these things, raising the dead, that's a good one. And, and, and so he does all of these things, and, and he gets to this last final words to his disciples, and he doesn't say, hey, come in close, I want to teach you how to teach a really good three-point sermon, or even... I want to teach you how to lay hands on the dead and, and raise those. I mean, that would grow churches. If he would have like, like given us the formula for raising the dead right there, I mean, that would, I, mean I could have skipped Bible college, right? And, and yet he passes by all of those things, and he says, if you don't hear anything else, you know how preachers do that, right? If you only hear one thing, 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 I want you to hear this, this, this. And he says this. He says, abide in me. Abide in me. In other words, love me really well, and I'm going to love you really well. Stay close to me, and I'm going to stay close to you. And out of that place of intimacy and love, everything else flows. In fact, he says this. He says, he says you will bear how much fruit? Much. You know, another, another name for fruit is, is results. It's what you can see. It's, it, you want good results, right? And, and maybe, that, maybe that unspiritualizes it too much for some people. But listen, fruit, results, fruit, it, it grows. You can see it's a, it, it, it naturally comes because of something else. So you, he, he's saying this, you want, you want the results? And he, he just spent you know, three and a half years with his disciples. And how many know they saw results? How many know they saw the miracles? They saw all this stuff. And I think what he was saying is you want to see fruit you want to see results in your life? You want to see all that stuff? Abide in me. He's like, first place first. And this is where prayer, I believe that, that prayer, daily prayer, sets us up for exceptional moments because of this aspect of abiding. And Jesus said it right here in John 15. If you learn how to abide, if you learn how to carve out that 15 minutes and let it grow into more. If you learn how to prioritize your time in the Word and your time in Spirit, like, like if this becomes a relationship and not just a duty, you're going to start to see the fruit that you've been longing for. And so relationship with the Lord, that daily prayer sets us up for exceptional moments. I, I get to know the way He thinks. That daily prayer, you know, I, I mean, it's like I, Becky could ask me to go to the store for ice cream. I don't have to ask her what kind, right? Because I know what kind she likes. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but there's times, in, even in my walk with the Lord, where I just know him well enough to know that, that, that he, he wants this or doesn't want this. And so I get to know the way he thinks. And the Bible says that I have the mind of Christ and that the fullness of him is in me and that the Spirit of God um, guides me into how much truth? All truth. And so there's, this, there's this, this aspect of this daily prayer that really is like I get to know the way God thinks, the way he operates. Man, you know, in, in marriage, it's pretty obvious when things are flowing out of duty or relationship. Amen. I mean, I, I, mean I, I can pick it up just like that when, when I'm operating or Becky's operating out of like the list, the duty, the, you know, to make me happy or me making her happy. You know what I'm saying? You know when it's, when it's at that point, you're like, yep, we need to go on a date soon. <laughs> yeah, oh, I forgot the talk daily aspect. We probably got to do that. You know, and it's the same thing in our walk with the Lord. You can start to, to pick up when it started to become a duty. You know, you wake up on Sunday morning and you're like, oh, do I have to? You know, I did that this morning. And, uh, no, <laughs> it's like the pastor, you know, he wakes up and says, I don't want to go to church. And the wife's like, well, you're the pastor, right? I mean, I can tell when God and I are in right relationship because there's flow. There's, there's like an ease about things. There's, um, it doesn't feel like I'm striving right? It doesn't feel like I'm like, like running through thick mud, you know? It, it feels like, it feels, you know, it doesn't mean everything's great, but it's like when Jesus can speak to the storm, there's peace in the midst. It's like, it's like we're, we're together in this, you know, there's a, there's a flow, there's an ease. I remember I was telling, I don't know if I, I can think I can tell this. I, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I was in, um, we were camping in kind of the, the mountains in Arizona with our church, and we were, the, our camping spot was near a fish, a fish hatchery. 
And I remember us kids, we were just, we were running, playing tag and all this stuff. We're coming back to our campgrounds and there was this like field of like just um, dried mud. And, uh, and so I thought I'd take the shortcut back to camp. And I just started running and all of a sudden, like I sunk about that far into fish poop. And I had a choice. <laughs> do I, because I'm, I'm halfway. So do I go back or do I keep going? And I decided to keep going. But it's this idea, how many know that sometimes, sometimes our walk with God, we just feel like we're just like, ah. And there's a better way, like skip the, the, the dried mud. <laughs> skip, go around the thing. You know, don't, don't, oh man, and it stunk, and oh my gosh, whatever. Okay. I figured, I, I told Pastor Kelly one time, I'm going to figure out a way to slip that in to a message, and there you go, it happened. <laughs> And that wasn't in my notes, Pastor Kelly. I just, it, it came and I, I'm like, there it is, right there. So I think, was there like $20 on that? I don't remember. No. <laughs> oh gosh, oh gosh. Hey, number two here is, is this. It's through alignment. So, so we, we watch this. You, exceptional moments in prayer happen, one, out of relationship. And then two, through alignment. And this is a big deal. Daily prayer cultivates awareness. Um, Jesus, he said it this way. He says, I only say what I hear my Father saying, and I only do what I see my Father doing. He says in, in a few places in John, John 5, 19, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. John 5, verse 30, going on, he says, I can, do of myself, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And a few chapters later, in chapter 12, he says this, he says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And so it's this whole idea of I only say what I hear and I only do what I see. And Jesus modeled that whole aspect. There was somehow there was an awareness of what's God doing. And so you start to find that daily prayer sets us up for exceptional moments. Why? Because it flows out of right alignment. Um, I know what he's saying and doing. And so then my prayer then is coming into agreement with heaven. It's coming into agreement with him. Um, I push pause. How many know that we have agendas when we go into prayer, right? How many know that God cares about our agendas? He does. But, but this is basically just a, a big ask of God. Would you push pause on your agenda and come into agreement with my agenda? And I guarantee you this, nine times out of ten, your agenda is going to get accomplished because you focused on his agenda. It's a big deal. It's a real big deal. Um, as we move on here, we start to see that daily prayer cultivates faith. Um, in fact, uh, there's a verse that says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the Word of God, right? And, and last week we talked about the Word of God. And, um, and so uh, what, we, what we found out with the Word of God is this. Did you know that your ability to hear the voice of God is directly related to your time in the Word of God? It is. Faith comes by hearing, but how does your hearing come? By the word. What, what am I supposed to hear? Uh, spiritual information. <laughs> My, the, the, he's talking about our spiritual ears. He's talking about spiritual eyes. And so faith comes by hearing, but you want to know how to hear. Anybody ever say, Pastor Gerard, do you talk about hearing God's voice? How do I learn to hear God's voice? Can I just give you at least a starting place? Get into the word of God. Because your hearing gets activated by the word of God. But then you move on here, and for this message, the cool thing is, is not only does your hearing get activated by the Word of God, but where, how does faith come? By hearing. And that's a big deal, too. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. Remember, prayer is a two-way street. So the other, um, in other words, hearing the voice of God produces faith. I find that daily spiritual habits are what kind of put me back into alignment with God. Any of you ever feel out of alignment, right? You ever feel like, like it's just a, you know, well, it's, it's kind of like my friend Dave Olson pastors a church in, in uh, Ankeny, Iowa, and uh, 
And then, and then and Randy Bixby, some of you know him, goes to that church. And, and they, it, it, the, the analogy actually started with Dave Olson, and Randy stole it, and I stole it again. So, um, you, know, you know the whole deal about like quotes and things is like, you know, the first time you'd say a quote, then you're like, you know, so-and-so said. The next time you say a quote, it's like, I, was here, I heard one time, right? And then the third time you said, you know, I was thinking. And so this is the third time, so I think that, so I'm just going to, this is mine now. And so this whole idea of, of right alignment, you know, it's, it's this. Right alignment sets us up for exceptional moments in prayer. And it, it's like if this water uh, pitcher jug if the, like, just broke, if it was filled with water and I had this lid on, but the slats, you know, those slats, if, if those weren't there, then I couldn't pour it out. Is that, I mean, everyone, everyone gets that, all right? Is that pretty simple? And, and so the more I come into alignment with God, you see, if you, you can't really see it, but there's like one slot right there. A little bit starts to come out. And a little bit more alignment, right? I'm, I'm picking up speed in my daily walk with Him. I, our relationship's getting closer. We're, we're, this is more than just a duty now. It's relationship. This is more than just checking off a list, but like we're actually like communicating. We, we like to spend time together now. It's not just a duty. And, and, and oh, and, and I'm starting to kick some of those habits out of my life. And, and oh, like the, like the, the sin that, that, that so easily entangles. That like like I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm on a journey to get those things out because they've been blocking my, you know, my hearing and all that, and all of a sudden more and more, and, and then you know, there's one that's not just slots, right? Isn't there one that, like, the full thing is open? And you start to find that the more we're in alignment, the more our hearing's on, the more we're sensing, the more we're aware, the more that we can actually do what Jesus said. I only do what I see my Father doing, and I only say what I hear my Father saying. There's a story. Um, before refrigerators, people used ice houses to preserve their food. Anybody uh, remember that? No. <laughs> All right, moving on. Ice houses had thick walls, no windows, and a tightly fitted door. In winter, when streams and lakes were frozen, large blocks of ice were cut and hauled to the ice houses and covered with sawdust. My daughter knows that because of uh, the movie Frozen, right? So that's what they did. Often the ice would last well into the summer. One man lost a valuable watch while working in an ice house. He searched diligently for it, carefully raking through the sawdust, but he didn't find it. His fellow workers also looked, but their efforts too proved futile. A small boy heard about the fruitless search, slipped into the ice house during the noon hour, and soon emerged with the watch. Amazed, the man asked him how he found it. I closed the door, the boy replied, lay down in the sawdust and kept very still. Soon I heard the watch ticking. Often the question is not whether God is speaking, but whether we are being still enough and quiet enough to hear. Isn't that true? I've heard it also said that the kingdom of God and the voice of God is like radio, radio waves. That it's all around us. He's always speaking. We just have to tune in to the right station. If I'm tuned in to hear his voice, then hearing his voice produces faith. And the Bible says, what about faith? That faith moves mountains. And you see this whole deal of alignment starts to put us into this place where it actually sets us up for exceptional moments. It's pretty cool. You want to know the third one? So prayer, daily prayer, sets us up for exceptional moments, and it flows out of relationship. It flows out of right alignment. But watch this. Because of compassion. Because of compassion. And you, you gotta, you got to understand this. Exceptional moments in prayer happen, yes, out of relationship, and definitely out of right alignment. But I found in my walk with God, and maybe you have too, that sometimes it's just simply compassion. And, and this is it. 
You remember, our, you remember our main thought for the whole day is this. Daily time in prayer sets me up for exceptional moments because he hears me and responds to me. You know, relationship and alignment are absolutely essential for sustaining uh, our walk with God in exceptional moments. Absolutely essential. But I find this, that Jesus' compassion trumps it all. I find that, that he's not looking for a performance thing out of me. That he's not playing games and saying, Jonathan, I need you to jump through these hoops in order for me to answer your prayer. And that's a cool deal. He wants me to have daily disciplines and habits that sustain um, the presence of God in my life, that sustain the supernatural. He wants me to do things that, that would sustain a walk with God that, that's more than just a one-off thing. But I find that he's just a good dad. And, and my daughter comes up to me, and she asks me for something, and, and it's one of those days, you know, where she, you know, she was naughty. And it's usually like right at the end of the day when I'm ready to go to bed, and she's ready to not go to bed, right? And I'm just tired, and my wife says, you know, Jonathan, when you're tired, you're a little bit less patient. And I'm like, it's true. It's true. I confess. I confess it. And, and so... Kaylee and I have these like knockout, drag out wars, right? And we're just like, and I'm, oh my goodness. And I, you know, it, it, maybe it's probably just me and my family. And, and I, I mean, I mean, I'll just be honest. There's been times, I mean, don't tell anybody else. I've been like angry, like just go to bed. I've got, do you know what time I have to get up in the morning? You know, it, Oh, gosh. Just wanted to confess that real quick. But it's, it's really interesting what happens sometimes. And almost, almost every time, she says something like this. I just want daddy snuggles. Oh, for the love. Anything but that, Kaylee. Because there's no way to not give her what she wants. The moment she says, I want daddy snuggles, it's like, ah, come here. Just cry. We'll cry together. It's like, I, yes, there's poor performance on her part and bad behavior and all this stuff, but it's like the moment that she turns, the moment that she just, it's not about what she, it's she just, she wants my heart, she wants me, I want daddy snuggles, I just want... It's like, yeah. You know, the, Jesus, that God, your Father, is the same way. And some of you, even in this room, like, like maybe even right now, you're just not in a right relationship with Him. Definitely not in right alignment. And, and you're like, oh, this is good, Jonathan, but you just don't know. And I'm like, hey, how about this? How about you just try it? How about you try? Because I found that that even when I'm out of alignment and out of right relationship, like it all only takes like a half turn. And God's like, oh, he still loves me. And he's like right there. It takes like, a, like just a, a quick glance. And he, it's like you, you catch the, the eye of the Father, and he's like, all right, I'm right there. It's like in James chapter 4 when he says, draw near to me, and what? And I'll draw near to you. Like, yeah, man, I love coming up with like formulas and three points and like a great conclusion and all those things. I mean, it really makes, it makes for a great sermon. And, but could you just boil it all down to this? He wants a relationship with you. And he wants you to do things in your life that sustain relationship. That's it. And yet when you're out of relationship, when you find that you've made some poor choices and there's things that aren't going right in your life, he still loves you. And all you have to do is just say, hey, could we, and he's right there. Hey, I was thinking, and he's right there. Oh, God, he's right there. Even if you're like, like that guy in the video, you're just stumbling through your words and trying to figure it out, you know, and you get the, the, the these and the thous and all those mixed up. and you, He just wants you. He just wants your heart. Man, in fact, if you wanted a verse for it, Matthew chapter 7, he says this. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. 
For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Hmm. Well, I think that's it. Daily time in prayer, good idea, huh? Talk daily. Talk daily. This is what I want us to do. Pastor Kelly's going to come with his team. And I'm just going to take a minute just with you sitting there. And Pastor Kelly, I didn't ask you this, but maybe you could just play softly in the background for a few minutes here. And I'm just going to ask you these two questions. And I want you to just spend some time, you know, maybe three or four or five minutes here. Those two questions that I mentioned, Lord, what do you want me to know about you? Lord, what do you want me to know about me? Let me tell you this. Worst case scenario, you don't hear anything. But by you taking a moment and saying, okay, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to ask and I'm just going to listen. Man, I think this sets you up on a journey that you're going to start to see, wait a minute, this prayer thing, it works. Like he actually listens. He actually responds. He actually talks back. So Lord, right now over this place, Lord, I ask that you would Allow your spirit of wisdom and revelation to be here. God, that you would draw near. Would you draw closer than you've ever been to some people? I, I like the song, Lord, that says that you're closer than the air we breathe. Would you show up in powerful ways right now? And Lord, even as we ask you these questions, and, and like you already know we're going to ask you them, and, but Lord, would you just, would you answer? Lord, that for every person at the sound of my voice, that there would be a moment here where you tell them, everything they need to know about you. And that, Lord, for that person in here that is struggling with identity and what you think about them, Lord, would you show them everything they need to know about themselves? And so right now, this first question, everybody, just sit there, just ask and wait for the response. Just say, Lord, what do you want me to know about you? 